Hello, friends, and welcome to the Healthy and Wellish podcast, a place where exercise is not punishment, diet is not a four letter word, and rest does not just mean sleep. But how do we fit all this in and do it quote unquote right with our crazy busy lives? Let's chat. Make sure that you're subscribed to the Healthy and Wellish podcast for a real life look at how this actually happens. Healthy and Wellish started as an idea that we should all live in a state of pursuing optimum health, also known as wellness, but that life happens and should be enjoyed without thinking we screwed it all up. So you want a piece of pizza or two? Go for it. You need a day off of training because your body's just tired? You do you, boo. Going on vacation and you just want to relax and enjoy? Yes, yes, and yes. That is the ish. That is the healthy and wellish way of creating a lifestyle of wellness and balance through the simple integration of food, movement, and rest. We each have different goals and we each have different lives. My mission is to help you create what works for you in your life so that health and wellness isn't just a thing you do, but it is a part of your daily routine. So with all that said, thank you for joining me, my friends. Let's get into this week's episode. One more thing before we get started with today's podcast. Have you heard about Patreon? Patreon is a subscription-based social site that allows you to support the efforts of the Healthy and Wellish podcast and get a few sweet little bonuses for yourself. Support tiers range from just $5 a month to $25 a month and include a ton of fun and exclusive benefits. Visit patreon.com slash healthy and wellish. That's p-a-t-r-e-o-n dot com slash healthy and w-e-l-l-i-s-h. Or just hop over to mdodgeandwellness.com slash link page and you can get directly to Patreon from there. Or if even that's too much work for you, just hop on over to Instagram, hit the link in the bio, and scroll down to the Patreon link. Hey friends, future Marissa here. Right after I recorded this podcast, like literally within 24 hours, I found out that there was another podcast of this name. I had already recorded four podcasts by that time or four episodes by that time. So rather than re-record the episode, I just decided to add in this little blurb to let you know that if you hear me say in this episode, simply wellish, that was the name of this podcast before I had to change it. And I changed it to the Healthy and Wellish podcast. If you want to know a little bit more information about that, you don't follow me on social media or you didn't hear it in the last episode, rewind to episode two, and I open with a little more explanation. Okay, now we can get into the episode. And welcome back to another episode. I think this is episode three. I got a little off because after I started recording episodes, I threw in this like monthly chat thing that I'm going to do. I explained a little bit about it in the first one, but it's our monthly coffee chats. And so I threw that in there and it got my sequencing all off, but that's okay. I'm here, you're here, and I am excited for what I have for you today. So if you follow me on my social accounts, 
then you have probably seen me talk a lot about meal prepping. It's just something that has been a constant conversation. But before we kind of get into that part of it, if you are not familiar with it, let me give you a quick breakdown of what I mean when I say meal prep. So all that is, is it is taking a small block of time. I mean, I guess it's small, like some people can do it really quickly. Some people take like all day and it's just getting a meal or multiple meals ready ahead of time. It's that simple. I have been prepping my meals to keep from the convenience of ordering out or just grabbing something on the way. Not that I really have time to do that because your girl is like always running probably a little more hair splitting than I need to, if you get my drift. Anyway, <laughs> I have been prepping lunches really to just keep myself on track because it is really, really difficult to eat out and eat healthy with spending a crap ton of money. In general, meal prepping is a lot cheaper, which is good, but you also have control over the type of food you're eating. And if you're counting macros or you have specific dietary restrictions, it just takes a little bit of that pressure off of, did I hit my numbers? Did, did I ingest something that I shouldn't have? Did I have too much fat? Did I get enough protein? Blah, blah, blah. Meal prepping really intimidates people. And I think the overall reason is honestly just because people overthink it. It's not that hard once you know what you're doing. If you just walk into it blindly, I think like anything else in life, yeah, it's going to be a little bit difficult. But if you go into it with a plan and you kind of like have a couple of steps or like a formula to make it up or like a formula to follow when you're prepping, it makes it a whole lot easier. And that's what we're going to talk about today is we're going to hit on that formula. So there are two different ways that I would recommend tackling a meal prep or the planning side of meal prep. The first one is the easiest. It fits right into our lives and that is to use leftovers. If you are already making good, healthy, balanced meals, the best thing to do is just go ahead and use those foods. We'll grill meat. And my kids are at this place where usually they'll share a serving of meat and then my husband and I will each have one and then that means we have a serving left over. So I'll take that leftover serving, whatever else is left from the sides and depending on what's left from the sides, I may throw another thing or two in there. And instead of putting it in Tupperware and putting it in the refrigerator, I go ahead, chop it up into proportions, and I put those leftovers into my prep containers. Whether it's a trackable meal or not, which I'll talk about that in another episode, but basically I mean, is it something that I can like plug into Carbon or MyFitnessPal and actually have the macros pull up on it? Or is it a recipe that was created? If it's a recipe that was created, especially one that I created, 
it's probably not the most trackable thing at that point. If it's a trackable macro, meaning like I can put it in its container, put it on the scale and write how much that macro is, however many grams or ounces it is, and then I will write on the outside of that. I do have a reel over on my Instagram that kind of shows that process a little bit. It actually shows this part of the process using leftovers and how the second way that you can do this is a little bit more labor intensive, but it's also more intentional and it's a little bit more controllable. When you use the leftover method, which is a great method and it also reduces food waste, but when you use that method, sometimes you don't really know how much you're going to come out with. You may only come out with one day, with one prepped meal. You might come out with two. It kind of depends on what you fixed and how you're portioning them out and how much your family eats. But the second way is more controllable because you can really portion it out to what you need. And that is to meal prep on the weekend specifically for the meals that you're preparing. I work five days a week. So on the weekends, I will prep five individual meals. Well, at least that's the intention. It doesn't always happen, but I try. So on the weekend, I will, like, let's just use something real easy. We'll say chicken breast, green beans, and a side salad, okay? On Sunday afternoon, I'll unthaw the chicken, I'll season it all up, I'll throw it on the grill, and then I'll heat up the green beans and I'll prep the side salad. So when the chicken comes off, you always make sure to let the meat rest. Don't ever, here's your cooking tip for today, don't ever cut into a piece of meat that has not rested. And here is the reason. When your meat rests, as it starts to cool, the juices that are inside of the meat will be reabsorbed as the temperature of the meat comes down. That is how you get a nice juicy piece of chicken or steak or a pork chop, whatever it is. If you slice into that sucker right away, all of that wonderful juice and all of that amazing flavor and all the things that make it so good are just going to drain out all over your board. So let it rest, let your green beans cool. If you use the right type of salad greens, you can prep those a week ahead of time and they will actually get better as they sit. This is a really great opportunity to get in those darker leafy greens that sometimes I think we're afraid of. Kale, spinach, well, I don't know if spinach would be considered one of those, but we'll just go with it. So <laughs> kale, spinach, cabbages, shredded Brussels sprouts, all of those things that just provide this amazing amount of nutrition, they actually do better when you have allowed them to sit in their dressing or with the other ingredients for a while because it gives the fibers in the leaves an opportunity to kind of break down. And one, it makes it more palatable, but then it also makes it a little bit easier on your stomach to digest. It's the same reason you'll hear chefs talk about like massaging the kale with their hands. It's the same principle. So let this all set, let the temperatures come down a little bit. You set up like an assembly line of all of your meal prep bins 
cut one chicken breast up, put it in your meal prep. Cut the second one up, put it in your meal prep. All through all five. So then you have five pieces of chicken all prepped for Monday through Friday. And then you go in and you measure out your green beans and you put those in. And then you go in and you measure out your salad and you put those in. You pop the top on. You, If you're tracking your macros, you write the macros on the top. You stick them in a fridge. And then your meals are ready to go for an entire week. Doesn't that sound so much more convenient than scrambling around the kitchen while you're trying to get your kids on the bus or you're trying to get out of the door, you're making sure the dog doesn't eat something it's not supposed to or that the baby doesn't knock over your smoothie that you've made or whatever it may be. Doesn't it just sound way easier to just go to the fridge, pull out your container, put it in your lunchbox, and you're good to go and you know you have a nice, healthy, balanced meal ready for you. All right, so I'm going to assume that you said yes to that question, but now I bet you're asking, but Marissa, what do I put in it to make it balanced? That is as confusing to me as it is to meal prep. Well, my friend, I am your foodie godmother and I am here to help you. It's really simple. It's four steps, okay? Just four. I kind of hit on these just a little bit when we were talking about the actual prep itself, but I want to take just a minute and break it down a little further. So the first part of making it balanced and where your focus should be, and I am going to go out on a limb and I am going to make a statement that is probably going to piss some people off, but I would not be doing my job if I didn't. And I'm pretty sure someone's going to come back at me and be like, well, so-and-so said blah, 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 blah. Y'all, I have been in the health and fitness industry, in and out of the health and fitness industry for, good heavens, 20 plus years. Okay? I'm not a spring chicken. I I honestly don't really care what, you know, the little baby Instagrammer has to say about diet and nutrition. My opinion on this is not opinion. It is factual. It is factual. Go research it. Go look at the science behind it. It's factual. Okay. All right. Let's move on. Number one, the number one thing you want to focus on is your protein. This can come from many sources. Now, one thing you are going to learn about me, first of all, I am all for different ways of eating. Every body, not everybody as one word, but two words, every person's body, every body is different. Different foods make it feel different ways. Some bodies can tolerate things, some cannot. Um, There are certain foods you don't like. I I get it, but you have to have protein. It is a macronutrient. It is an essential macronutrient. Macro means that you need it in large amounts and it is essential to the function of your body. You don't believe me? Go do a little bit of research about what a protein deficiency looks like of protein. So what does that mean? That does not mean eight grams of protein. That means I meant to say ounces, not grams. You want six to eight ounces of a protein, which should come up to, I would say, between 
20 to 40 grams of protein. For most people, most people, the sweet spot on grams to make sure throughout the day you're getting it is to shoot for around 30. That's like an average. If you go up over a little bit, it's fine. If you go under a little bit, it's fine. But that's what you want to shoot for. So we are looking for six to eight ounces, weighable ounces of a protein source, which should come up to about, I'm going to be conservative and say 20 to 40 grams of protein is what you want to shoot for per meal. It sounds like a lot. It's really not. It's a six ounce steak. It's a, you know, six to eight ounce chicken breast. It's, you know, a serving of a pork chop. It's probably a couple of pieces of, if you were doing like a link sausage, depending on how big it is, like two to three, you know, it's, it's a normal serving size of protein. Okay. If you're eating a normal serving size of protein, you don't really have to worry about, did I hit that protein number? Cause you most likely did. All right. The second thing that you're going to want to include is a healthy, slow digesting carb. And yes, I said the C word, carbs. My friends, carbs are your friends. Carbs are what give you energy. They are, again, an essential, an essential, they are an essential macronutrient, meaning they are essential to the function of your body. Those can look like a whole host of things. I'll give you a little bit of information about that in just a few minutes. All right, the third one is a fat source. Another taboo word in our society. Yes, a fat source, a healthy fat source. I'm not talking about lard here, people. I am talking about an avocado or, shoot, even a scoop of peanut butter is not all that bad for you. You got to watch your sugars on peanut butter. But if you can get just a a good natural peanut butter, those have good healthy fats in them. Nuts are good healthy fats. There's a lot of good healthy fats. Again, I'll give you a source a little bit later on to figure out the specifics of those. So those are your three big ones. Protein, a slow digesting carb, and a fat source. If that's all you have, you're going to feel full as long as you're getting actual serving sizes. You're going to feel satiated and the way that those three macros work together, it's going to extend its ability to make you not hungry and give you energy. And that, my friends, is also the key to skipping the afternoon slump. One other thing, just something small, a healthy sweet, but something small, just in case you finish this really satisfying meal and you're like, man, but I really want something sweet. Just a little bite of something is sometimes all we need to like curb that craving. But I also recommend when you meal prep to put aside a few options for snacks in your bags. Because I know for me, a lot of times with the line of work that I am in, I don't get to eat at a set time. And sometimes I end up eating really, really late because we just have a strong flow of customers or there's things that have to be done in a certain amount of time. And so I always pack snacks. And here's a few quick ideas of snacks that are 
either, you know, protein, carb, fat balanced kind of thing. You could do peanut butter and apples. You could do cheese and nuts. You could do jerky and a meat stick and a piece of fruit. You could do an RX bar if you kind of have a little bit more of a sweet tooth, a thing of yogurt with an apple or a banana. Um, you know, there's, there's all kinds of little things you could do, but I highly recommend grabbing one of those. All right. So hopefully you're not too overwhelmed with all of that. If you still have questions or you want something that's a little bit more specific, or maybe you're somebody who needs to see something and then you need it in black and white, I have created a resource for you that I think will be really, really helpful when it comes to this. It is called the Meal Prep Planner. If this episode kind of jived with you and you're really thinking about meal prepping and you you just want a little bit more on how go over to simplywellish.com slash link page, L-I-N-K-P-A-G-E, link page, one word, and click on the link for meal prep and planner. Plug in your email address and it should send the document. It's a PDF document. It should send it straight to your email. You can download it and start working right away. And in there, I break down this episode just a little bit more. And I also give you some ideas for what kinds of things you can put in those categories. But the cool thing about this is this resource isn't just for meal prep. You can also use it to create a really balanced meal as well because there's a list of foods that kind of fall into those categories. Obviously, it's not going to be an, you know, exhaustive list. It's just things that, you know, kind of show up in my kitchen. But if you ever have a question about a specific food, hop over to Instagram and drop it on one of the posts. You can send me a DM, but the weird thing about DMs is sometimes they don't always show up when or where they're supposed to. But if you go comment on a post, it's just going to live there. And then that also gives somebody else the opportunity to learn from it that may have the same question. So, all right, you guys, that's all I have for you today. Thank you so much for being here, and I will catch you on episode four.